Every week they slay us. Every week. Bodhi Vocal Band, Bodhi Band. So grateful for them. So grateful. All right, put your hands on your heart. Say it like you mean it. Believe it. The kingdom of heaven is mine, says the Lord. This kingdom of love, grace, ease, abundance, and joy is mine because it lives in me. I am the beloved in whom God is well pleased. I choose to believe this, to allow this, and to prove this in every area of my life. My mind is open, my heart is receptive, and so it is. Oh, I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a skinny cow. Some th- 3,000 years ago, a poor farmer named Adir lived, lived with his wife and three children in a village. And he had a very small plot of land. He did the best he could to provide for his family. And the neighbors in the village also were very poor. But a deer had one thing that none of the other farmers had, and it was coveted. He had a cow. And this cow, although it couldn't provide for much, it did give some milk. And the milk allowed a deer's family to have some and also allowed them to sell some, which kept them a little bit above the... um, intense poverty that everybody else was in. Well, one day, a spiritual teacher, his name was Baal Shem Tov, came into town with his students and his followers, and they came into the town, and Adir was so excited because he was a spiritual man, and he was so excited to meet Baal Shem Tov, and and to his amazement, to Adir's amazement, Baal Shem Tov said, may I please stay the night at your home? We're tired from traveling, and we need a place to stay. Well, Adir was so proud that he was um, asked to have this wonderful honor, followed very quickly by, oh my God, what do I do? How do I, how do I bring them into my, my poor home? And, and, but he did. He welcomed them in. And just when he thought, okay, I can get through this, the Baal Shem Tov said to him, you know, we're really hungry. Could you please give us some food to eat? Adir didn't have anything. So he pulled his wife aside and he said, I think we need to kill the cow. We need to slaughter the cow so we can feed them. And the wife said, no, please don't do this. This is all we have, and what will we do when it's gone? But a deer decided to do just that. And so they did that, and they all sat down to the meal. And, you know, a deer thought, you know, there's enough here. We can feed them, and there'll be enough for me for a couple weeks for my family. And I'll just figure out my next plan from there. Well, Baal Shem Tov just ate and ate and ate until every last piece of meat was gone. And then he stands up and says, you know what? I'm, don't, I'm not tired anymore. I think we can leave. And they all exited as fast as they came. Well, Adir was devastated. He was just devastated. There was nothing left for his family. He didn't know what to do. So he just went for a walk in the woods to just clear his mind and to just be in nature. And as he was walking through the woods, he heard some rustling. And he went near it, and a man was lying there on the ground. He had been hurt. His leg had been injured. And so a deer sat down with him and said, how can I help you? And, you know, a deer, being a very generous man, went and got him some water and started talking to the man and asked him his name. And he said, my name is Mordecai. And a deer said, could that be Mordecai, the richest man in the land? 
And so he asked Mordecai that. Are you the richest man in the land? And Mordecai said, well, some would say. And it just said, it must be so nice to have all that money and all those riches. And Mordecai said, you would think it is. But actually, I don't have any friends. I can't trust anybody. My family can't wait for me to die so they can have it. In fact, they'd be happy to know I'm lying here, um, just, just withering away. So Adir became grateful for what he had. He had his wife. He had his children. He had people that loved him and knew him. And so he moved into helping Mordecai. He got some sticks, and he bandaged up his leg and got him to a friend's house, got a, a horse and buggy, and put him in there and took him to one of Mordecai's business associates, dropped him off there where he could mend and, and heal. So a couple years go by, and once again, the Baal Shem Tov is moving through the village with his students and followers. And they look ahead, and there's a beautiful carriage with beautiful horses coming near them. So they approach it, wondering who that is. They look at the, the Baal Shem Tov, looks inside, and he sees Adir and his wife in the carriage. And they step out, and the Baal Shem Tov says, oh, my goodness, look at you. And Adir says, yes, isn't this amazing? I helped Mordecai. He died a year or two later, and I inherited all of his riches. He said, well, that's fantastic. And Adir and his wife went on his way. And Baal Shem Tov turned to his students, and the students were looking perplexed. They said, this has been odd to us for quite some time. Number one, you really don't eat meat. You never eat a lot, and yet you ate all that they had. And you, met, you left them absolutely with nothing. This poor family, to which the Baal Shem Tov said, Adir was not poor. He's a rich, wealthy man. I just needed to get the skinny cow out of the way so he could see it. <laughs> I didn't write it, but it's good. So Adir thought that the skinny cow was all he had. He focused on the skinny cow. He took care of the skinny cow. He made sure that their survival maintained itself because of the skinny cow. But what Adir was unable to do was to see beyond it. He was seeing the facts. He was looking at what is here now in the world of form. This is what is true. Did you ever do that? When we do that, that becomes our skinny cow. What skinny cow is keeping you so focused and afraid that you can't even begin to believe of something other than this survival mode? For some of you, it may not be in the area of money. For some of you, it might be in the areas of love or the areas of creative expression or the areas of health. Where Figure out where your skinny cow is keeping you trapped and stuck. You know, when you focus on the facts, you recreate the facts. The facts are a result of your thinking yesterday. Does this make sense to you? Whatever you're experiencing today is what you thought yesterday. Whatever you think today will be what you experience tomorrow. So to the extent that we keep looking at what we don't have, looking at what we don't have, using the world of facts to define who we are, we will continue to create that very experience the same way that Adir did. And... A spiritual awakening came to him, the story says. Something came to him, and it looked like he lost even that which he had. Scary thought, isn't it? If all you have is one skinny cow to hold on to, you sure as heck don't want to lose that. But isn't that when spirit finally becomes possible? Isn't that when something new finally becomes possible? 
the moment that you let go of your skinny little survival modes to surrender them. Some of you, you may be thinking, oh, great. So now I've got to sacrifice my skinny cow. You might have to. You might have to do that. Are you willing? Are you willing to know the God of your being so fully? Are you willing to be that free that you're willing to let go of that which is keeping you stuck and small? There's another Bible story. The story goes that Abraham was told by God that he had to sacrifice his son. Sounds like a horrible thing to do and sounds like a horribly mean God, doesn't it? But Abraham is obedient, and let's just use the story. So Abraham's obedient. So he takes his son up the mountain to go and sacrifice his son because God told him to. Can you imagine being the son? Where are we going, Dad? For a hike. <laughs> Lay down here, please. <laughs> but as the story goes, when Abraham is willing to surrender that which he loves so dearly, in the world of form, so that he can have the God of his being before everything else, that's the moment when God says, because of your willingness, you do not have to let this go. You may keep your love for your son. And it's not about God punishing. It's not about the story says to us, what are we putting before God? Because God is our life. God is our source. This, this, this life is abundant and forever free, and it's breathing you, and it's living you. And all of its resources and miracles, insights and opportunities are in you. But to the extent that we're looking to something else, loving something else, thinking, oh, if this leaves me, what will happen to me? To the extent that we do that with people, places, things, resources, to that extent, we are cut off from the avalanche, the, the, uh, the infinite flow of true resource and abundance. So world of things in the world come and they go so that we may remember who and what we are. So when a deer lost his skinny cow, it brought him to the place where he finally was able to take a walk and be available for something else. So they're very sacred times in our lives when we're called to surrender that which appears to be not even enough. How can you let go of not even enough? How do we do this? We do this inside of our faith. We do this inside of believing who we are and believing what we're here for. You know, it says in the Bible, Matthew eleven twenty four. 24, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It does not say, pay attention to your skinny cow because someone's going to take it. It doesn't say anything like that. It says, what things soever, that's big, what things soever you desire when you what? When you pray. When you what? Pray. pray. When you pray, which means to be in communion with the higher power, which means to go to the spiritual truth, which means to go to the upper room of your consciousness and align yourself with what is true about who you are, to get in conscious communion and conversation with that. When you do that, Anything becomes possible to you because you are going to the source of your life and you are aligning with the source of your life and you are feeling it, believing in it. The practice of prayer 
causes life to change. But you got to do it. If you're a foxhole prayer, which means when your butt's in trouble, then you say a prayer. That does not build a relationship. That doesn't build, think in your own life, you don't build friendships by just calling people when you need them. It's not the best way to build friends and influence people, is it? A great way to do that is to have a living relationship. And prayer is a fantastic tool. And it says right here, when you pray, the very next word, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Believe that you receive them. That's the next piece. Believe. That's the challenging piece. Let's just be real about that. We can sort of whip up a prayer. We can beg and beseech or do whatever we do. But it really is the next half of the the direction that is important. We must believe. Then we receive it. And the problem with your belief is your unbelief. That's the problem. It is our unbelief that keeps us stuck. It's our unbelief that keeps us frozen. It's our unbelief that keeps us afraid. It's our unbelief that causes us to just stare at the skinny cow and just make that be enough. It's, it's, it's the unbelief that keeps us from manifesting and experiencing our greater self. And yet, it is the prayer that leads us there. We must begin to do this. We must begin to allow our belief to be strengthened. And your belief can be strengthened. You you are wired to believe. You are wired to have faith within you. You are wired to have a faith that can move mountains, where the whole world can say, this is not possible. If you believe and you're in alignment with the truth you're being, you can with all confidence and relaxation say, yeah, this will happen. This will happen. And it will. It will, but we must nourish ourselves on the spiritual planes. We must pray together. We must allow ourselves to surrender all the skinny cows in our life that keep us stuck and, and, and settling for crumbs, just settling to get by in whatever area again. I want to open that up to whatever that means to you, wherever you're getting by. Ernest Holmes says, we should throw away all doubt fear and despair, and enter joyously into our inheritance. The way to do that is to throw away doubt and fear and despair. When, you are, when doubt, fear, and despair is eliminated, your belief is increased. Your ability to call this forth. This is your ability. And I'm not just up here speaking about this so you can get a bunch of things. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in you knowing how to get a bunch of things if you want them. But I'm also interested in you being aligned to the power of spirit that you are so that you can be your most fantastic self, so that you can shine your light everywhere you go, and so that you can do what you're here to do, unencumbered by focusing on the skinny cow. You can't go here if you're paying attention to the skinny cow. You have to let the skinny cow go so that you can expand. This is how it works. There's somewhere in your life where belief is easier. There's somewhere, whether it's in the area of relationships or the area of health or the area of finances, the area of creative expression. There's a way that you're wired where you could stop and look at your little life pie chart 
and go, you know, in this area, I don't work real hard. It just happens. It's easy. And get real interested in that area. Get interested. You know, this is really simple. And then become aware, you know, if this is easy here, then why can't it be easy over here? And spread on the whole pie chart. That's possible. You're wired to be that free. It's nothing to get, but there are some things to get out of the way, right? That's what it's about, getting the stuff out of the way so that you can shine. And some of the skinny cows are mental states. I'm talking not just things. The mental state, I can't do this. What will people think? That this is impossible, all, those are men, those are our mental skinny cows, mindsets that we also cling to. We cling to so that we don't have to let go and grow. But here at Bodhi, if you're here and you are here, it's time to let go and grow. It is time to flourish, to flourish. Each week during our campaign, I'm talking, speaking about different parts of the vision. And the vision, part of the vision that I want to talk about in the upcoming year and the years to come that has has my heart fully is that we are building a spiritual community that's here to practice these things, to pray together, to have prayer partnerships flourishing all over the city, to have prayer circles happening here for anything that's happening, to have to have prayer vigils here, to have so much spiritual practice happening here seven days a week. There's gratitude circles. There's, there's forgiveness circles. We're using these principles to transform us over and over and over so that this light keeps growing and growing and growing and contributing to the greater good. We're not here to wait for all of humanity to take care of poverty. Truth of the matter is, it could. Let's be real about this. We have plenty of resources. If, if we, as he, all of humanity, decide, woke up and said, oh, you know, we really should feed everybody because we're one. I think we'd have that figured out in about a day, about a day. So it's not lack of resources that's our problem. Our problem is sitting in fear, and fear contracts and, and causes greed and, 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 and hoarding and all that stuff. This is the issue that keeps us from flourishing. But our work is to heal those issues in ourselves and to, to become free of that so that we can become a light that contributes to more lights, to more lights, to more lights. And I do pray for a day when really we, the, the tides do turn. And there is much more generous sharing of resources. But our job is to do that ourselves and to create a conscious community where we learn how to do it, where we're not afraid to show each other where we're lacking in doing it. And we get support and help in doing it. And we're praying, praying, praying so that our mind is renewed, our mind is rewired, our heart is open and flowing, our energy is easy and graceful. This is who we need to become. And you can't become this, if I may, by coming once a month or two times a month on a Sunday. It's just, well, you can, but it's going to take a long-ass time, people. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's going to take a long time. And you got a lot more suffering to move through. If you're going to go that slow, it's just going to, you're just going to have to really saddle up and go, okay, I'm going to suffer for longer because I'm not willing to be and do more. I invite you to be and do more. If you haven't taken a class in four or five years, that's not enough. you got to keep coming and going deeper. You know, if you had a prayer partnership in 2005 and that sort of faded away, time to get that activated. Get some prayer partnerships flowing. In the new year, we're going to be having a lot of prayer classes, a lot of practice classes. And I'm going to keep on going, where are you going? Well, you ain't leaving. Stay here and take this class. 
Because we're in it together. And we'll transform together. And we'll fall more in love with each other. That's just the gift that we get. And we get to flourish and become that. And just let all of our skinny cows either be released, slaughtered, or fattened up. Who knows what it'll be. But it will be good. Yes? And so it is. All right, let us pray. I invite our spiritual counselors, our spiritual counseling students, our core counsel to stand and hold this space. I invite all the students, if you're in class right now, stand and hold the space. Stand up and hold the space with me. If you're taking class, be a part of this. Help us out. Be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. Be blessed wherever life leads you. Let me encourage you. Let me speak life to you. You can depend on God to see you through. You can depend on me to pray for you. Speak. I say yes to God. I say yes to this magnificent life as all that is occurring, all that is happening. This life is forever free, forever flowing. It's creative. It's generous. It's glorious. It's magnificent. It is eternal. It is filled with source, solution, resource, life. It is my life. It is who and what I am. I am that love. I am that power. I am that presence. I am that freedom and that flow and that creativity. Oh, and as this is true for me, this is true for each and every one of us. We meet inside of this agreement that the all good, all God, all grace, all power... Is who and what we are. And from this knowing, I affirm for each and every one of us that we are open and receptive to expand, to grow, to flow, and to offer up on the altar of the Holy Spirit any skinny cows, any ways that we have been heretofore worshiping the world of form, waiting for something out there to grow. We place it on the altar of the Holy Spirit now, and we put our full attention inside upon the spirit of life that says, I will grow you. We place our attention upon the spirit of life that says, I will heal you. I will make your relationships work. I will show you the way. We put our attention upon this. We pray and we allow this prayer to lift us up. And we allow this prayer to be support for each other. We are a beloved community that prays together. And as they say, those that pray together stay together. And we stay together in the glory of God. We allow the glory of God to do its magnificent work through each and every one of us. Say yes. Take a deep breath. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. And God shall change things. Yes. Sing along. I pray for you. I pray for you. Pray for me, baby. You pray for me. Ah, let's watch God change, watch things. God change things. That's not your job. That's not your job. Your 
job is to pray. I pray for you. Yes, you pray for me. Watch God change things. Sing it like you mean it. Get up on your feet. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. I pray for you. I pray for you. You pray for me. Watch God change things. Watch God change things. Point across the room. Tell somebody over there. Tell them. I pray for you. You pray for me. Point to somebody else around the room. Tell them you're here for them. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You pray for me. Watch God change things. Watch God change things. Yes, lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Sing it to yourself. I pray for you. You pray for me. And watch God change things. Oh, beloved, you're so prayed for. You are so precious. You are so the beloved. Let God do its work. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the fulfillment of this prayer. I'm so grateful for the expansion, for the opening, for the miracles, for the healing. I'm so grateful for this very vibration that we have allowed to be created through us and for us. In gratitude, I release my word into the action of the law that only says yes. I let go. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is.